A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to another Egg Chasers Rugby podcast, but unlike every other Egg Chasers Rugby podcast where we are in the depths of the rugby dungeon, we have decided that since we are the only rugby podcast doing a podcast throughout the summer and 52 weeks of the year. That's right. We deserve some sunlight. So uh, we're sat in JB's back garden. I'm, I'm Tim, that's Phil. Hello, Tim. That's JB. Hello, Tim. Your chickens are just... Uh, what are they doing there? Uh, well, they dig a hole, right? So this is the whole force of um, you know battery farming versus uh, free range. Chickens naturally will gravitate towards one place. So if you look in that corner, there's three chickens, all combined in one small fox-sized treat. <laughs> so no matter how much space they've got, they'll always combine into a small group. Yeah, they've probably got 30 metres squared in this back garden. Exactly. And they're, and they're thought, within... I mean, you'd have thought they'd measured it out and given themselves 10 metres squared each. Exactly. Idiots. But they're within 10 inches of each other. Terrible yeah. defensive formation, that. Oh, awful. Caps uh, everywhere. Uh, but we've just watched the Super Rugby final. We've got the Olympic Sevens to look forward to. We've got uh, Willie LaRue, another big signing for Wasps. And there's other signings going on. And there's all sorts of other news which we will run through. Because we're outside, we don't have all of the technology at our disposal. That's why it sounds different. Yep. Um, but we think you'll, uh, you'll enjoy... You know, change is as good as the rest exactly sometimes, isn't right. it? Exactly right, exactly right. But we don't have uh, the gizmos and gadgets to do the theme tune. So, gentlemen, would you fancy using your, your, gold, your golden pipes? <laughs> <laughs> Hands in. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, sorry, Hands sorry, in. sorry. Hands in. Pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. pod. <laughs> this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, a podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're just three egg chasers that love rugby. Yeah, you just hey. That's fine. I've got a few more verses. Oh, sorry. Let's um, <laughs> get to the bridge. <laughs> you can find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can listen to us on Acast. You can listen to us on iTunes and subscribe on either. And then every episode, 52 weeks a year, ladies and gentlemen, will get delivered straight to you. Can I give you my favourite re- review on oh. iTunes of the last week? You please? certainly can. This is from Tar Fanman who says, further to recent comments about this podcast not covering South African Curry Cup or Bay of Plenty Rugby in enough detail, can I just point out that in spite of the name, there's a distinct lack of discussion on eggs and or chasing. As a, fan true, of, as a fan of both eggs and chasing, I was delighted to have finally found a podcast dedicated to both. I've been disappointed to date. <laughs> Fortunately, I like rugby, which seems to be the main tangent these guys go off on. Their yeah, ch- true. <laughs> their chat on this front is informative and funny. For that reason, I'll still give it uh, a begrudging five stars. However, I will be looking for another podcast dedicated to eggs and chasing. Very true. Very true. Should we talk about eggs? Things the chickens are here. No, that's not. Okay. Oh, well, it would have been the perfect time to have crossed over. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, leave your, leave your review on iTunes. And, uh, and while you're at it, while you're online, get yourself to cornerstone.co.uk forward slash egg chasers. Great idea. And sample the finest razor on the market. And, yeah, I mean, freshly cornerstoned yourself, JB, to watch the Super Rugby final this exactly morning. Exactly right. I wouldn't watch it in any other way. Bowden Barrett looks like when he finally reaches puberty, he can... Uh, <laughs> He can benefit from a cornerstone. Well, the thing is about Bowden Barrett is he could go for the less hairy option and get less raises a month because all the plans are flexible. Oh, yes. and no obligation as well. Yeah. And for with your £10 discount you get for listening to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, you could get your premium engraved shaft for just £4. Engraved with your initials on it and sent to you in a beautiful cornerstone box. Cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers. Cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or... Egg 10 at checkout. Right. We talk, I almost don't want to talk about that Super Rugby final. No, it's happened. I don't know. Maybe it's better than I gave it credit for. At the time, I was thinking this is miserable, but that's because they score like 
80 points a game or something ridiculous. Um, it was nice to go back to rugby where you know, it wasn't mackerel fishing. <laughs> not only were there not very many tries, uh, there was some at times some very poor standard of play. Yeah. There was quite a lot of knock-ons. There was quite a few passes into touch. And uh, Elton Yancey's, who's been brilliant this season, looked off his game. Didn't he? Had a real off. off I day. wonder if it's because of how much pressure they put on them. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I would say is the ferocity of the hits was yeah huge, and you don't really associate with that with Super Rugby. The defence was far better probably than uh, it has been in previous weeks. Well, three games of uh, Super Rugby knockout rugby for the Hurricanes this year, still not conceded a try. Is that right? Yeah. What? So didn't concede a quarter final, semi final, final. No tries conceded. Yes, and, and, and they did have the kind of quick press that we've seen the Lions having and really disrupting teams with. But yeah, and I think that's exactly what happened today. Is they came up so quick on Yankees that he didn't get a chance to play. Yeah, yeah, and the conditions didn't help. I mean, it's the equivalent of mid-December um, in the Southern Hemisphere. It was driving rain for most of the game, or a brief, uh, brief bit of rest in the start of the second half, but driving rain the rest of the time. Freezing cold, so it how, doesn't help. It's not how, conducive to good rugby. How did you boys feel about the results? Uh, Phil's beloved Canes winning. My Canes shirt on. Mm-hmm. Very proud. Um, it was kind of what I expected. Was um, it? Very pleased for the Canes to to be. I mean, it's two two years on the bounce. They've been the best team, and last season they lost in the final uh, after being the best team for, for most of the season. And this this year they were arguably not quite as good on average as they were last year. Having lost a few players, in particular two centres, Nonu and uh, and Comrade Smith, but they were still very, very good. And someone like Bowden Barrett, who's been the best player in the competition, the top point scorer in the competition, scored 15 points last weekend. Scored 15 points this weekend. I think it's it's kind of deserved for the Canes. I, th- I think it would have been an injustice had the Lions managed to have home advantage for the final because they're in the... Injustice, e- you say? The easier, they're in the e- the conference system and the way it works, yeah. playing Haguares and mm. and, um, and the... T- yeah. What are they called? Some the Sunwolves, fire the, the Fire Puppies. It w- but, but that said, Lions, I think, will be kicking themselves that they didn't just put a couple more players out and do the business against Haguarez in the last regular season game and they would have had that game at home and I think and they probably would have, would have won. won. Yeah. yeah. A lot has been said about the death of South African rugby and I think it's awesome that they got to the final. I was backing them all the way. Uh, they had to go through two superb teams to get here. Yeah. In the Crusaders and the Highlanders. Last year's I, champions. Yeah. I really hope that they, that they do it just because... It feels the game in New Zealand is in rude health, and they don't need any extra help. I mean, it, 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 everything's fine there. Julian Salve, did he even get on? No, he, no, did. he did. He did. He for got a on for a minutes. few minutes at the end. I just think I mean, a Lions win would have done wonders for South African rugby. It, it would have done. More, more important for South Africa than it is for New Zealand, like yeah, you say. All, all we've done, all we do is talk about the New Zealand teams, and rightly so, they've been the best teams in the competition by a mile, especially that conference, the surface conference by far. The other South African teams have been woeful. They've been awful. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Australian yeah. teams, pretty awful in, yeah, in comparison. Yeah. The Lions are the, the best of the rest, and comfortably the best of the rest. Yeah, definitely. You, you got the best two teams in the final, yeah. which, which is the, the home advantage and the conference system does lend itself to that. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Can we talk about a few things? Um, yes, one, um, the, b- before the game, in the build-up, the official tweets from the Super Rugby account. <laughs> they've, they've, been, they've been running themselves they've been administering themselves for 21 years and they still don't know the, the, the Twitter handles of their teams right this <laughs> okay let's just compose myself <laughs> this makes this puts the pro in pro 12 that's how amateur it is uh, they tweeted get this in the Super Rugby final the, grand, the grandest game of their whole season their centrepiece that the Hurricanes, a Twitter account dedicated to Hurricane News. At Hurricanes. At Hurricanes. Going to play who? The D- Detroit at, Lions. At Lions. The Detroit Lions. <laughs> yes. I, don't get me wrong, I'd watch it if you can organise it. You'd probably sell, sell a few more tickets. Who but... do you think... It, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know what tactic the Detroit Lions would use to try and defeat a hurricane. It's kind of... <laughs> W- well, no, this is just the admin. This is the IT guys who sit behind a desk all day typing how, when a hurricane No, 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 but I'm, I'm just... I'm just yeah, yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. Actually, they'd, they'd smash them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but how incompetent do you need to be? And Domican Sue going into... Oh, is he still there? He's not there anymore, No, he's, he's Dolphins. He's Dolphins. Highest paid defensive player ever. 
Yeah. Um, Fact. Fact. Um, So, how incompetent do you need to be to A, have a job where you work with computers, B, you're in charge of Twitter accounts, I imagine you're used to this social media, but lastly, you work for the Super Rugby. At every stage of your job, you are completely incompetent. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what else is incompetent. The, the hairdressers of New Zealand super well you do two ways here they could be extremely competent uh, yes depends on what what your kind of well if, if someone had said yeah if someone had said to, if Ardi Surveyor said to his hairdresser can you make me look like a pineapple then <laughs> nailed it I do highly competent is it kind of the hairdressing equivalent of the Sydney Opera House these things shouldn't stand but somehow they do <laughs> everything's cantilevered off everything else <laughs> yeah. it's incredible construct amazing and then oh. you've got to play Contact sport in it. But yeah, what's most incredible? After 80 minutes in pouring rain, Adi Surveyor's hair is exactly as it was when he went out. It's, it's like there's um, some kind of force field around it. So yeah. It's not been not been affected by the sweat, the rain, the the contact. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say um, I wasn't a huge fan of his hair, but seeing what it went through. Yeah. And yeah. just the sheer resilience of it. Endurance, robust. Yeah. <laughs> it, what a player! Like Bowden Barrett. Um, we were talking about the, the kicking having been possibly a reason why he wasn't mm-hmm. the All Blacks 10 before now, but he's he's answered all those critics. His kicking form's been brilliant, but his, his play is well, just so good. His kicking's interesting, isn't it? Because he has that weird technique. Phil points it out during the game. He kicks it very low. Low, yeah. Cause that's because of the conditions. Yeah, it feels to me like he's on the verge of slicing it, though. Yeah. I mean, it looks like he's done it wrong. It, well, every time we were kind of wincing as he struck the ball, because yeah. it's gone off at a strange angle. And it just glides low over the bar. But he, he and Ardi Surveyor got to be starters for the All Blacks. Well, it's interesting because neither of them are the incumbents. No. It, it was Cruden and Sam Kane starting at 10 and 7 respectively, even against Wales um, a, a couple of months ago. But those two have been absolutely sensational. Um, and Ardi, I mean, both of their stats are incredible, but Ardi Surveyor's stats in the last two games for a back row. Um, this game, he made... Uh, 15 tackles, he did miss one this game, got a couple of turnovers, and then made 57 metres with ball in hand for a number seven. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Which is, which is better than... Uh, and a, lot, a lot of those are than, yards after contact as well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. pumping those legs. Which is better than any of the back three on his team. The only, thought? the only player that made more yards with ball in hand was Bowden Barrett. Who would have thought Julian Surveyor would be the second best surveyor in this family? <laughs> there was a great, there's a great uh, either tweet or Instagram picture the other day. It was the two of them together and it was uh, titled as Ardy Surveyor with an unnamed fan. <laughs> uh, we need to balance it up. That's, that's, that's some of the good. Um, some of the bad. The, the Hurricanes fans chant Oh. It's right up there. So in the UK, in the UK, we, you... we have Bath, Bath, Bath. Bath. No, that's Bath. great. That's great. Bath. And Sale, Sale. That's shit. Sorry, that's bad. That is bad. Everybody swear here. Hurricanes, hurricanes. <laughs> is that hurricanes? Hurricanes, hurricanes. I've got to be. It's a little bit more offensive than that, isn't it? It's more like hurricanes, hurricanes, <laughs> hurricanes. <laughs> well, there was. That's what happens when they. Oh, actually, carry on, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also they played uh, they're so funny they're so funny such jokers 60 minutes in and the rain started and there was a break in play and they started playing uh, Always Take the Weather With You by Crowded House <laughs> yeah I, I, gimmicks I don't, I'm not a big fan of gimmicks I'm not sure it is a gimmick mate I think that's actually number one in New Zealand <laughs> <laughs> I think that's on Bob <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like the gimmick of the when there was a reset scrum at one point for no for no real reason they let off all the pyrotechnics yeah. <laughs> there was a load of flamethrowers going for a up. defensive scrum defensive reset scrum <laughs> <laughs> wow I mean you can understand that in South Africa they love scrummaging that much but yeah. uh, maybe they're just trying to make the scrum more exciting it's part of the IRBs or World Rugby's uh, push to make scrummaging more palatable for the neutral when you've got the Tongan bear as your loose head prop you don't need you don't need to do a lot I feel uncomfortable about that nickname (laughs) yeah I see where you're coming from I just assume it's a gay thing I I, I think it's gay slang isn't it I've even forgotten the guy's name genuine name I don't know his name what's Uh, his name Uhila Uhia 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 yeah nickname the Tonga Bear maybe it is a gay thing maybe yeah what what else would there be then if that were the case the 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 Argentine the Waikato priests (laughs) (laughs) The Argentine twinks. <laughs> um, a big second. I don't know. Um, 
like uh, a big number eight. Um, can, uh, yeah, the South eight. African daddy. A South African daddy. Oh, the, the French father figure. <laughs> French father figures. <laughs> <laughs> well, how would that work? So, I guess you'd have to pick the team, wouldn't you? So, if there's a wing pairing, obviously one's got to be a lot older than the other. Yeah, yeah. Well, like if a dominant, if, there's got to be a dominant, a dominant guy in the relationship. A, a top and a bottom for the wingers. Yeah. I mean, and the second, no. second, <laughs> second real pairings as well. Yeah, so like, if it's a pairing, you've got to have one. It's kind of like Stephen Fry. One's got to be much older than the other. Do yeah. you see what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's how it, that, yeah, French father figures. <laughs> he even goes to team selection. <laughs> I think we should stop there. Maybe, <laughs> maybe stop, hey? Yeah. Hey, what about boys? <laughs> LTBP, that's all I have to say. Yeah. LTBP. Hey, we're part of the LTBP community. Yeah, you, listening right now, you are part of the LTBP community, the Let the Voice Play community, and thank you very much for that. Um, well, while we're talking names and stuff, Another story that's reared its head in the week was some scientists or researchers or academics at the University of Southampton declaring that Exeter Chief's name is offensive and they should change it. <laughs> uh, to who? Who's it offensive to? Well, who's it offensive to? Mainly because it's, it's done in a positive light. They're not called Chiefs in an offensive way. They're called Chiefs because they're warriors. No, you, and, can, and you can understand the controversy over Redskins. No, not but, really. But even then, in... in um, overwhelmingly, um, the support from the Native American people well, and, and everyone else kind of were like, "No, crack on, let the boys play." Uh, no, I do you know. I, they've got a point. Cultural appropriation is a serious matter. I get very upset for things like Minnesota Vikings. I mean, the Vikings would be very would be distraught if they thought that they wore uh, helmets with two horns. Uh, that they're yeah. primarily a ma- like a maritime type force and, and had an eighties porn porn star stash. I don't know stash. who this is offending. Um, my guess is it's one of those sort of papers. Is it a sociology paper, something like that? Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's just 30 grand wasted. That's what that is. I mean, probably more offensive is the fact that sale are named after sharks and they're a landlocked city 30 miles from the sea. Well, hang on. Tigers, that... tigers take their name from a, an animal that doesn't exist on this continent. A species appro- appropriation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Saracens. Um, now, I have many Muslim friends and they find this very offensive. <laughs> Rightly so. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything else? Uh, well, I just think, um, and probably I'd say it's clumsy, not offensive. Like a county or a city known for tin mining and clotted cream. It, yeah, do you know what? Calling like, yourselves chiefs is a bit weird. On a serious note, I do think it's a rubbish name. I, I think <laughs> it's a genuinely rubbish name. But uh, the tomahawk chop is brilliant. Tomahawk chop is, but like, would it not be cool? Like, I like the Steelers' um, name because. That's a town that made steel. Yeah. And actually, something like something to do with tin or mining, I think, would be really cool. Yeah. yeah. Much cooler than the Chiefs. And as a dyslexic, I often spell Chiefs as chefs anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, no, there you go. That's a good one. Drop the eye. <laughs> Swap the Native American headdress for a chef's hat. Tomahawk, yeah. tomahawk chop the tomato ketchup. Oh, no. <laughs> but you could come up with things like, what are the Chiefs cooking? Oh yeah, yeah. She- uh, we're the chef's, gas now. Chef's burn sale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> slice and dice the opposition. Why is no one gone with chefs yeah. yet? And also, they're pretty cool since all the celebrity chefs have come about and become popular. The chefs are smoking. <laughs> it works. It goes on forever. Yeah, well, they, like you could have a tractor mascot. That might be more. Uh, I know. Yeah, the, the Exeter farmers. Oh, I don't know. The I'm, Exeter pitmen. I wouldn't yeah. waste this opportunity. I'd get rid of the awful chief's name. Because um, as much oh, as I oh hold on Exeter Rugby Club or ex, just that's Exeter Rugby awesome wow <laughs> that's awesome Exeter Rugby wow yeah I'd go with that yeah Exeter go. RFC why has no one done that wow even RUFC if you want to be maverick well the Chiefs thing's only been around since I think two thousand and one or something it's not it's not yeah old. it's recent so presumably prior to this they must have had some beautiful old crescents or coat of arms or something which they could just sew back onto their chest. Oh, we've got an ambulance going by. This is the beauty of being outside. So if you just... I say if you're just tuning in, it's like I'm talking on the radio. Yeah. People generally People tend to listen podcast, at the mate. start. They don't yeah. tune into podcasts. So, no, you yeah, you know we're outside in JB's back garden anyway. Right, one serious thing then. Christian Leofano. So as we talk, this is just uh, moments... Well, hour, a few hours ago, it was um, announced that uh, he was suffering from leukaemia. <gasps> is that right? Yeah. yeah. It's broken this morning. That's it, awful. It's... It's awful, awful for him, and it's also it's kind of a little bit sobering because you kind of think you hear stuff about leukemia and, and this kind of stuff, and you almost think like I'm a relatively young 
uh, fit man, it's not going to affect me. But if it can affect someone like... Hold on, hold on, Phil. Like, you're a young, very fit man. Mm. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Tim. But Leo Leo well, is fitter. Oh, yeah, yeah he younger. really is. He's, yeah, he's, he's both younger and fitter. He's just yeah. come forward as well, so that's... Uh, that is yeah, yeah, because he missed the first uh, I know there's a different type, so... Uh, yeah, best, best of luck to him. Yeah, massively best wishes. Absolutely. Um, it's hard to, I don't know. It's, it's hard to know what to move on to from that, well, something should, like that. Should we go... Because there's been two chiefs in the news this week. The ex chiefs. Okay, so from one awful disease to another. Um, Steve Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a talk about his comments, shall we? So, uh, do you want to give us the background to the comments from the Waikato chief? Oh, yeah, or? let's get really into this. Let's really dig deep into it. <laughs> yeah. So, if, 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 if people haven't heard the story, how would you sum it up, JB? Okay, so this happened a few weeks ago when the Waikato chiefs went out for a few beers on their equivalent of... Mad Monday, which I assumed was a rugby league thing only. Turns out it's not. It's been adopted by rugby union teams as well. So you go out, you get very, very drunk, and if you um, if you do really well Mad Monday, apparently you can go out for a Twats Tuesday as well. That's according oh, to Lads in Bath. For the brave and true. Yeah, for the brave and true. So they go out, they order a stripper. Um, <laughs> Strop, stropper. Stropper. And apparently there is some inappropriate touching. That's why... Now, it's inappropriate, I think... From what I've read, it's just, you know, they just reached out. Or, well, or, you know, whatever it is. the rules are laid out. Any, any touching is inappropriate with a stopper. Now, I think where they're going to uh, jump into a bit of trouble here is <laughs> is when the chief's head of PR or whatever came out and said, she isn't basically the most trustworthy character. Uh, <laughs> now, from that, Steve Hansen said, well, I don't think we need policies anyway, which doesn't surprise me. Yeah, Steve Hansen's comments on this, um, he's just been had his contract extended recently with New Zealand as their head coach he says that Mad Mondays have to end he can see oh, think about Steve Hansen any B-level coach could get the All Blacks to a semi-final okay? he hasn't proved himself in any form of club rugby he hasn't really proved himself in international rugby outside of New Zealand he's hung on to the coattails of um, Graham Henry of Graham Henry and he disguises the fact that he doesn't actually do a particular large amount of coaching by saying things like, oh yeah, we'll get the lads to put tape in the bin, and we'll be good people, and we won't go out drinking. And he fundamentally misses everything which is good about rugby. He kills the game. He kills the game with his, di- with his dour, boring personality. Let the boys he, touch... St- I mean, let the boys play. play. But there couldn't be a worse advert for, yeah. for it. I mean, he's basically got to his position by accident, and now he's there, he wants to ruin it for everyone else. Well, I think this is like the uh, putting the tape in the bin and being nice to your neighbours, and he's he's... Talking a good game so that everyone thinks, oh, New Zealand, best in the world. They put all the tape in the bin. They mark out the pitches. They go and serve hot dogs at half time to t- to distract them exactly from this. Exactly right. So what he knows is that a team bonding session like Mad Monday is one of the best things you can do in a team sport because it brings everyone together. And he's just trying to take that advantage away from every Which other exact, club. Well, and probably yeah. Stuart Lancaster's found out about this, and that's why he destroyed the England team and their, yeah. their yeah, yeah. culture. Stuart yeah. Lancaster just commas. word for word did everything that Steve Hansen said, and England were farcical, because Steve Hansen was saying it, but not doing it. Yeah. Uh, just going back to Steve Hansen, right? <laughs> um. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh my word, I wish we were filming this. You're right, Phil. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> you, <laughs> you can probably hear what just happened. Um, oh, but uh, the chair that Phil sat on gave way. You have to just stand by the microphone now, I'm afraid. Um, have you booby trapped these chairs, Jay? Yeah, they're a bit old. Mine is giving giving way. You know, like a you know, like a, a guy's always really proud when he when he falls over. He's got a pint in his hand, and the pipe manages to stay completely full. Your laptop is in perfect nick, Phil. It's my work laptop as well. Thank God it's in perfect nick. Right, I'll go and get you another chair. You carry on saying what you were saying about Steve Hansen. Yeah, go on, Jay. Right, so Steve Hansen. Um, what I don't really get about the whole international coaching, coaching scene is I think most of the coaching improvements are basically done via the week-in, week-out grind of competitive rugby. Now, if you don't have that, I don't see how you're actually improving the team or anything else, quite frankly. I think most of the credit for New Zealand's awesome form has to go to the provincial co- coaches that watch the tape, that come up with the new techniques, that, that do everything. That, that pick the best players and experiment with them. Yes. And give, give boys like Adi Surveyor, who's, what, 21, something like that, and Bowden Barrett, who's early 20s, the chance to shine and have shot on for a number of years. Exactly, so when you get to All Black level, all you really need is a kickman. 
Well, listen, I reckon we should jump from uh, people having a mad Monday to people that are going to have a mad fortnight. And that's... Have you heard about the, the stories from inside the Olympic Village? A hive of sexual activity, <laughs> a hotbed of no, depravity. Yeah, no, it is... They di- they've dished out in uh, Rio 100,000 condoms. Is that right? For the first week. <laughs> well, think about it, right? You, you're, you're in the prime of your physical life. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hypothetically, these people in Rio are in the prime of their physical life. They've made sacrifices for the last four years, said no to everything, trained hard and been totally focused. As soon as their event's out of the way, they're in a concentrated area with loads of fit young people from all sorts of countries. Mm. Apparently in the Sochi Winter Olympics, Tinder ground, <laughs> it, it, wow, it, it completely jammed and, had, and, and jammed and didn't work because there were so many people on it. And Grinder in London 2012 stopped working Did it? near the Olympic Park. Yeah. Wow. wow. There's so many athletes were getting on it. <laughs> so uh, Sonny Bill's there. Yeah. Sonny Bill's going to do some damage. Sonny Bill doesn't need Tinder or Grinder or anything. Well, he's married with a young baby. Exactly. But he wouldn't need it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he is uh, he the biggest star there? Who the uh, rugby wise? Rugby wise, yeah. Yeah. He's the biggest yeah. star, isn't he? Yeah. Who do you reckon the biggest star is there? You say Bolt. Do you think? Yeah. Uh, definitely. Serena Williams is. Yeah, is I think it's like Serena Williams. Uh, what about the because golf's in it now? But a load of the top golfers haven't gone, haven't travelled. No, they can't be bothered. There's not, not, no money in it. Well, I, th- I think that it should be the pinnacle of your sport. Yes. The Olympic Games, and I don't like that golf isn't. Yeah. I, or I tennis. Or tennis, like really. Well, football. Murray's there and Serena Williams there, so tennis is is big. It but should be like the World Cup for is... all the sports that don't get any. Yeah. Say. Yeah. Like football and boxing and. Amateur know. boxing's different, though, in fairness. Yeah, but why not just open it up? Yeah, I, I'd like to see. I'd love to see that. Yeah. yeah, I think MMA should be in it. Although God knows how you do an MMA tournament in two weeks. Oh, brutal face! Semi final. But Sonny Bill Williams has already been making most of uh, his life as an Olympian. He's been hanging out with Usain Bolt. When you see the two of them, no, 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 he has. No, he's not. Uh, Usain Bolt's been hanging out with Sonny Bill Williams. Correct. Yeah. Uh, when you see them both together, you realise what a big unit Usain Bolt is. Yeah. He could do a good job. I saw a picture of the. Uh, the New Zealand Sevens team. Bear in mind they're Sevens, so they're a bit lighter and a bit smaller. Yeah. They were with Michael Phelps, and Michael Phelps looked small to the, re- to the rest of those guys. Right. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Well, back to the stars. We forget the, 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 the we forget the USA basketball team are there. Yes, and that's fairly star-studded. But do they? Yeah, do they always put on, out their best players? They did last time. Were they? Did all, they? This time. They're they? all st- the, the USA basketball team are not staying in the Olympic Village. They're staying on a cruise ship that's been docked in the port. Really? Yeah. <laughs> because really? The, yeah, genuinely. The USA have, have got a, a, a luxury cruise liner docked in Rio, where a load of their My top God. athletes are staying. Yeah. Well, just going back to like comparative uh, athlete sciences, look at the stats of Mario Otoji. Yeah, we, we all agree it's a big unit, big boy. And then look at the stats of LeBron James. And oh. It's night and day. LeBron James is so much bigger. Someone like Dwight Howard. Oh my God! Have you ever seen a picture of Dwight Howard's shoulders? Yes, they're like they're like two basketballs strapped. What would onto it, his what body. would he be like? I know, obviously, you'd have to have training over a long period of time to, to condition yourself to rugby. But do you reckon they would do a good job at second row? Second row. Is, is there is there too tall for being second row? Absolutely charterous. Can you be too big? Absolutely charterous does all right, doesn't yeah. he? Um, yeah. Devin Toner. Bafes. Bafes, yeah, he's yeah. massive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there is, but I think it's, prob- it's probably more likely that if you're that tall, like over seven foot, you're normally kind of out of proportion. So mm. As long as you're in proportion, you should be okay. Dwight Howard and Dwight those Howard's little in. boys are in exactly the right proportion. Yes. Yes, that's true. Uh, little fact for you, the Aussie men's sevens uh, rugby team are rooming next to the Dutch women's hockey team. <laughs> I mean, you just been going through like, like, the rooms, like, all that sex. No, I, I think oh, I'm saying this because oh, yeah. I'm in the, I'm in the business of trying to <laughs> trying to promote. <laughs> Don't tell us your business. Don't tell us. Uh, I, you know, part of this podcast, we love rugby, but we want to spread rugby as far and wide as we can. Um, <laughs> Not sure we've done that today. Well, I, I th- what better motivation is there to like maybe someone an adolescent male. He's oh thinking, God. what sport do I play? And he hears that if you if you get into the Olympic Sevens team, you could play ruin, with the Tongan you bear. Could, you could <laughs> you could ruin next to the Dutch women's hockey team. I mean, that's that's advertising rugby right there. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. If Chris, uh, I've already told a story about when I went to Kuren Nantwich. No, 
It, right, so I okay. went to Drew and Nantwich to play a game, a game of rugby, and I finished off the game, this like four years ago, and I was having a shower, I was showering next to a guy from Crew, and we're just chit-chatting, he said, oh, yeah, there's a sevens tournament, we got onto it, and he goes, yeah, it was really funny, because uh, it was a mixed sevens tournament, and all the lads were showering, and they're all going, yeah, lads, are drinking, yeah, okay, not later, girls, girls, pulling, 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 and then... A women's rugby team walked into the showers completely naked. And he said, like, in the split second it took for us to go, lads, 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 the women came in and they were like, oh, oh, hello, oh, we'll get on now, bye. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, the Sevens is, is, uh, starts today. We're, we're, talk- we're recording this on Saturday after the Super Rugby final. The women's Sevens starts today in the Olympics and it's going on for the next, till, till next weekend, I think. Yes, yeah, women's today. And then it's, I think it's every day for, for yeah. the best part of a week. And now it's on, well, it's the time difference. It'll be on later, late night, won't it? So the first game is 3 pm uh, British summer time. Yep. Uh, and it finishes, today finishes at 10 30 pm British summer time. So, it so it's not not bad. Not bad. Pretty spread that. good. Pretty good. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that one. And before the podcast is done, we'll have a little interview that we've previously done with Rob Vickerman about the Olympic 7. So yep. we, can, we, we can indulge a bit more there. In fact, should we put that here? Yeah. Drop it in. Right about now. We're with Rob Vickerman, Sevens legend, former Leeds Falcon. Leeds Falcon. Leeds, Leeds Falcon. We changed the name. Yeah. Lots lots of Falcons in Yorkshire. It could work. Right, we want to chat to you, Rob, because you are you know Sevens and the Olympics is coming up, which everyone is excited about, not just rugby fans. So maybe if there's anyone that uh, finds this podcast, finds this bit of audio and and um, doesn't totally know what they're looking at. What Give us the insight of the benef- benefit of your experience. So basically, when you talk about sevens, you talk about a highlight version of the game. You're looking at offloads, massive men making line breaks and doing things normally you wouldn't often see in 15s. You throw the fact that every single 15 minutes is two different teams playing against each other. It's highly competitive with eight different winners in the series this year. The Olympics is a perfect format, taking 12 of the best teams from around the world and putting them in a festival action come Rio. A lot of the world are going to realise that Rugby Sevens is very much a different beast to 15s um, and that should be entertaining in itself. Are there any roles in the Sevens game which are unique to Sevens which you don't find in 15s? Roles, not necessarily. I mean, you can take little, little bits of each part of the game within seven. So you get restart specialists, you get some line-out specialists. At the same time, you get playmakers and you get very fast finishers. You always see those in 15s. The problem is, over 18 minutes, you see them for about 30 seconds. Put them in a sevens context. That exposure with obviously less men on the pitch means you see a lot more of the things people want to see in 15s. That's a really interesting point. So if you're going out to play um, an opposition you think they're particularly strong at, say, kickoff, will you adjust your team to in- incorporate more specialists at restart? Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Or will that always, will that always be constant? It's exactly that point, and specifically with restarts. So with the game now, meaning you need to dominate your restarts, once you score, you get to kick again, slight variation of 15s. So you could actually change the whole game plan based on the fact that you have two or three taller players who are incredibly good in the air, knowing full well if you get, say, three scores from restarts, you're more than likely going to win the game. So that definitely happens. Conversely, in defence of restarts, which sometimes can be quite hilarious to see. You get backs lifting backs as a pod. <laughs> Almost straight away, change of mindset. You think you're a forward, you become very, very stupid. 
That's really interesting. So how, how, how much will you dedicate to things like lifting? Because presumably before you played sevens, you'd never done that before in your life. Exactly that. You get scrum half throwing in, which is one part. You get backs trying to learn how to lift. The first time you see this happen, it is hilarious. It's like they're on a bouncy castle, but they think the floor suddenly falls out from underneath them. So you spend half your time thinking, oh, this is great. I'm in the air. Oh, my God, I'm five foot in the air. How the hell do I land? I used to play on the wing, and then I moved into the pack, and the first time I got lifted, I simultaneously need my teammate in the face and kick the other one in, um, in the groin. Yeah. Which was my second point. So when you see the guys in the air, more often than not, they get dropped because the other person is well, trying to save themselves on the floor. Now, Phil is one of those guys. He was, a, he was quick when he played. Much like you, he had to retire prematurely. Um, but he, he was rapid, um, and so he probably just assumed, oh, well, sevens is for him. So it, we, we see players with, with gas, but... Gas isn't everything, is it? No, not at all. Now, I thought you were going to say I'm like Phil because I'm quick, but clearly not the case. Um, the, the whole thing with sevens is there's a real different need for different skill sets. So we've seen this weekend gone. If anyone gets a chance to look at the highlights, please, please do. You get Nakawawa in the middle of the pitch, who's six foot five, albeit quite quick himself. He just never, ever dies with the ball. His offload stats were insane. He made the ball look like a peanut in his hand. So straight away, you put that in the middle of the pitch then suddenly these guys on the outside, who perhaps are the quick ones, get to do what they do. Similarly, you see that in 15s. You get the playmakers in the middle, who are the short, sharp guys, but at the same time, the finishers are pretty lethal in sevens because you always get that go forward with them. So you just mentioned Nakarawa for Fiji, yes. coming in uh, after a couple of good seasons for Glasgow. Ahead of the Olympics, there's quite a few players, 15 specialists, who are kind of looking to convert. Joe Simpson, Sonny Bill Williams, uh, Nakarawa, plenty of others. Who do you think are going to be kind of successes and who do you think haven't quite got it or won't quite make it? Yeah, well, as a disclaimer now, I've got to say, I really appreciate the fact that Sonny Bill's put his hand up. I want to play 15s and has immersed himself in the series. You need, from experience, at least six months of exposure with sevens because yeah. it is a different beast, not even in terms of strength and conditioning, but even the fact you see very different pitches. And Sonny Bill, he'll put his hand up. He's probably not transitioned as best as he will. He thought Habana, again, wouldn't be near the South African 12. So whilst these guys are huge, huge names in the world of 15s, we're seeing now the fact that that, that transitioning thing, it just isn't going to happen. My problem with Fiji is you bring in someone like Nakarawa, who, irrelevant of 15s exposure, is one of the best rugby players, 15s or 7s, and that's very much a different case. Do you, do you think there's any other second row in the world of rugby who could immediately start playing 7s and do as well as he has? No. I'm a massive, massive fan of Super Maro he would still struggle to do anywhere near what Nakawa was. What he did at the weekend was simply breathtaking. Final question then, um, because obviously Great Britain are going to be sending a team there, and you mentioned it takes six months, it takes a lot of work. So there's some new faces in that. How do you see Brit uh, Great Britain going? Do you hold much hope of a medal? I hold a lot of hope. It's probably the English in me. Um, I think if they fit, fit, end up facing one of Fiji, South Africa, Australia, perhaps even New Zealand in the quarters, it's going to be a very tough ask. The joy of sevens is you can win games often in, in situations you perhaps aren't meant to. So there's always a chance. Don't ever write people off. At the same time, if you're looking at it, I fear Fiji. I really do. Rob Vickerman, thanks for your time. Cheers. Thank you very much. Well, that was interesting. Wasn't it? Rob Vickerman, good, good lad. And he's one of the nicest men that you'll meet. As well, to be fair. Yeah, really so, nice. And we'll let you into a little bit of a secret here. We tried to make him play a game called um, Defend the Indef Indefensible. Uh, similar to what you'd hear on like Fighting Talk. Yeah. Right? Uh, two guys bought into it. Adam, Adam Jones bought into it big time. And Who's Kevin, the other one? Kevin Sinfield. Kevin Sinfield. He, 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 he was super. He was outstanding. Rob Vickerman was devastated that, he, that he'd have to uh, say bad things about his friend. Yeah. Oh, absolutely devastated. So, so was... Um... David Wallace. David, well, David Wallace simply wouldn't say a bad thing about Munster. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Paul O'Connell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Which wouldn't. is fair enough. That's why they're nice guys. Um, let's move on from the sevens then to um, another, some bit, some of the signings that have been announced this week. Willie LaRue to Wasps has been confirmed. We knew about it for a while. Um, just going to put it out there. Do, do, do their accountants at Wasps need a, a head injury assessment? Uh, <laughs> okay. I have got a theory. Okay. It's not an exciting theory. It's not one of my normal idiot theories. I think with the salary cap going up, all these clubs are getting their deals done early. And they're big by today's comparison. But it wouldn't surprise me if these deals contain something like an escalator to say... Next year. Next year. This year you get X. Next year you get Y. Ah. That's what I think is going on. So you get them all in early. The salary cap goes up and then boom. But Willie LaRue could be a marquee. Oh, yeah. He'll be well. outside of the salary cap as a marquee player. He could be. Well, I don't sure he's worth it. Well, I, I was looking at the Wasp squad the other week and trying to work out the, the two marquee players. And obviously KB was one who was yeah. in a reported 750,000. And I was going for Marty Moore. Tight head. Irish international prop. A tight head prop. 
as a potential um, other marquee player. But Willie LaRue on the open market, I presume, would earn more than Martin I Moore. think they could have got Kyle Eastman as a marquee player as well. They possibly mm, could, because because he was released from yeah. Bath. But I don't think Kyle Eastman is worthy of a marquee I, player. I don't think also, there, there are, you do get... Um, uh, injury, you can get extra money for injuries, and, it's right. and so Curtly Beal injury means that some of it would have been some of Kyle Eastman's money could have been allocated, and it's confusing anyway. But yeah, yeah. I'm sure I have no doubt that they're under the salary cap. But it's that backline, and they made a big deal out of saying they, they were under they the salary did. cap. So it'd be amazing if and they, they had back to open their books because of the takeover last year. So the other thing as well, which is um, interesting, is Bath. Bath have signed a load, um, a load of new deals. Um, I think Saracens have signed a new, di- yeah, some new deals. They're so all think, signing new deals. I think they're getting all their business done early now to defeat the cap, if you like, so they've got loads more to spend later. Yeah, that makes sense. It is, but, and it, but that, that makes it even more difficult for whoever gets promoted next season. Because all these deals are done even earlier, so there's no one left for the promoted team. Yeah, not only is it harder because there's no one left, it also makes it hard because as soon as next year's deals start been done and inevitably they'll have huge amounts of player wage inflation inside Yeah. when that new team comes up they're going to have to pay the new rates for the yeah. new players so you have to fill your squad with extra expensive players whilst the existing squads have got their academy credits yeah. and their cheaper deals Yeah. that backline is utter filth though here's, here's a backup backline for Wasps Joe Simpson Jimmy Gopeth Josh Bassett Kyle Eastman Nick DeLuca My, um, not Michael Solosi Tanya Thackenbaugh Rob Miller Backup. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's. I, mean, I don't think Gopeth will be a backup. Do you think he'll be starting ahead of Sippers? Yes, I do. They, wow. they need some sort of substance in that backline, don't they? <laughs> you can't just have. It, it can't just be that. It can't just be refined white sugar. You need something else. <laughs> well, mate, I mean, the most amazing thing about that backline is it's been put together by a prop. Yeah. Yeah, which is probably why he doesn't understand much about how to put together. That stacks up quite nicely, actually. Yeah, um, but yeah, that, that, that's that's one that's one thing. I know we've got the England EPS to talk about and everything as well. We've got about Harlequins, Harlequins and Sale. Yeah. yeah, talk about Harlequins and Sale then. Do I do that now? Yeah, yeah. go on. Okay, so Quins Quins first. So this, sorry, this is us putting teams under the microscope um, and having a, a good old close up look at their chances. And the last two in the Aviva Premiership are, like you say, Quins and Sale. So Quins. Haven't lost a huge number of players. Obviously, Easter's retired. Ben Botica, they're probably glad to see the back of him to Montpellier. <laughs> uh, Tito Tabaldi, the reserve scrum half. Uh, and Kieran Treadwell, who's a lock, who's gone to Ulster. who's an Irish qualified lock. Quite a big boy as well, so uh-huh. I'm quite interested to see him. Um, and they brought a few lads in, but again, no great shakes. We, uh, we spoke about uh, the Connacht number eight, George Nawapu. Last week, that all looks like backup signings, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it does. Red, Mark Reddish from the Highlanders, um, Jackson, uh, Rory Jackson from Wasps, Charlie Mulcrone from Worcester Warriors scrum half, and they brought in this young lad, uh, Hollenstein, who's a young South African prop. He's been playing. What's in his France. name? He's called Cameron Hollenstein. Holland. Hollenstein. Okay. Hollenstein. He's been playing at Pau. Uh, he's 21 years old. And he's quite a big boy. South African. South African. Yeah. And that's it's interesting because looking at their squad, their front row, so loosehead prop Joe Marler starting is very, very good all round prop. But both their hooker and their tight head props, it feels like they've got three people in that position who, if you kind of combined all their they skills, you'd have one. a complete player. So Buchanan, Gray, and Ward as their hookers, you've got kind of one who's big in Buchanan, one who's. Um, Quite athletic. Why don't, the, why don't, throw in board why don't scientists middle. work out a way to, to merge, merge those three them. plays into one rather than worrying about Exeter Chief's name? Come on. <laughs> yes, that's a better thing. Because and people who worry about Exeter Chief's name aren't really scientists, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, then the tight head prop is exactly the same in Adam Jones, the kind of war horse. You've got Sinclair, who's young but can't scrummage and or needs to work on his scrummaging, yeah. let's say. And Will Collier. Incredible loose player. Will yeah, Will Collier's a middle ground. Yeah. Mark Lambert. Uh, who's, a, who's a loose yeah. head? So, um, a little bit of a plug for my other podcast, Rugby Dungeon. I had Marler on, um, and he was basically saying that last year the defence was shocking. The sh- defence was shocking, the attitude was wrong about defence. And he reckons actually one of the biggest improvements will be appointing Nick Easter as defence coach. Mm. Now, the flip side to that is it's one of those jobs which there's no downside because if they're rubbish, they were rubbish anyway. If they were good, um, he's obviously a genius. Yeah. So now, 
Sorry, go on, Tim. No, I was going to say, I'm just looking at the back line down on paper that Phil's got in front of him, and um, one name that isn't even on that list that was one of my once, one of the guys I was talking about during the Under 20 Championship, um, Joe Marchant. Is, yeah. is definitely he, he's going to have a breakout season and uh, and he and you know Harlequins have been lacking a bit in the centres Jamie Roberts added something but they've been missing that they've been in, a little bit in limbo in their centre combination but and, but um, Roberts Marchant could be a lethal combo yeah, yeah. And, and George Lowe George Lowe who's back to fitness last season that's yeah. the boy I like but I, it's interesting so Marchant who's now been called up to the England squad you could have um, a backline as Harlequin's backline that when the internationals are on, when someone like Jackson and Visser and Jamie Roberts and Danny Kerr and Mike Brown, when they're all playing for their country, when they're on their national squad, they could have no one from their starting backline. Yeah. Oh, you, you, go for, you go for Nick Evans, who presumably would still be starting, but you could have an, just Nick Evans from their first choice and we talked And we talked about it last season. Because Rory Jackson might be off in Scotland, Scotland, yeah. Scotland particularly with Finn Russell's yeah. um, concussion issues. And we talked about it a lot last season. Harlequins, it's like, well, I would want to buy non-international but good players. Like, and actually... Wasps have done that, really. Wasps, well, Sippers is not in the EPS. We'll get, we can get onto that in a minute. Yeah. But yeah, you, I, I wouldn't want too many... Harlequins get absolutely ravaged by international call-ups. Yeah, and it should. We made the point before. Last season with the World Cup... Uh, and the condensed season yeah. it did have a bigger impact than it normally does but yeah. you still lose players and you've got players who need to be rested more importantly under the new uh, RPA Aviva Premiership deal I see Harlequins being a lot more competitive this season than last um, for the reasons we just mentioned I, I don't see them in top four but I do see them in top six I think they'll finish sixth I, I don't know I think the league is going to look like this it's going to be Saracens number one everyone else under that can go next top three and then the bottom four are going to be Gloucester, Worcester, Bristol, Newcastle. Newcastle. That, that's the competition. Can you be the best of the rest? And yeah. I, there's going to be a huge gap between so, them and Saracen. So can they finish top four? Absolutely. Will they? Who knows? I'd say they won't. I'd say they'd probably be lucky to get top six, in my mind. Um, Sale, whereabouts, how, how do they compare? I have, do you know, moment? I've got big hopes for Sale this year. Big hopes. It'll be interesting. So obviously they've... Oh, here's a dog. Oh, we've got a dog now. No to the, add to the menagerie of this podcast. <laughs> He's a good boy though, isn't he? Anyway, sorry. Um, so they've obviously lost a few players. Sippers and, and Tommy Taylor to Wasps. Cobberlash. Um, Tom Brady didn't play a huge amount no, last that's year. Not, but no, great lad. None of, none of the other signings really make a difference, to be honest. It's, no. it's Vadim Cobberlash, Tommy Taylor, Danny Cipriani. Cipriani. Those are the ones that make a difference. And Tom Brady. Yes. Friend of the pod, Tom Brady. Oh, Tom, Tom Brady. Oh, well, Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady for his just banter and chat. So great lad. side. Social, Social side, great lad. without a doubt. Um, they brought in, it's a ragtag bunch, who if they can kind of weave them together in some coherent pattern, they could do something. They've got a few kind of interesting uh, potential, a few journeymen. So you've got Rob Webber, mm-hmm. you've got Mike Phillips coming in, you've got Halani Alika, uh, you've got Josh Charnley coming from Rugby League, Kieran Longbottom, former Western Force prop from Saracens, well, I'm... Lou Reed from Cardiff Blues. Yeah. I'm going to... Go on. Lou Reed's meant to be mental, by the way. The most important one out of all of them, Irish USA international AJ McGinty. Yeah, if he doesn't go well, it's over. Yes. I, I completely doubt. agree with that. Well, it's interesting because uh, Mugford is the other one and they've got high hopes for him. Who? Oh, he well, Dan Mugford. Uh, he came from yeah. Nottingham. So I actually think... So my team in the NFL are uh, the Raiders. And part, of the Ra- part of the Raiders' storied history is like in the early days they just used to get all this ragtag bunch of rejects and used to win everything. Now I'm not saying these guys are rejects. I think these are some top quality players. Uh, and the New England Patriots do it in a very different yes. way. Yes. And I actually think... I think that Sale will go very well this year. I like their signings up front, and that's what they that's, that's what they build the whole game plan on. And what we haven't really mentioned is how established that backline's getting with uh, um, Mike Haley, Will Addison. They've got the two centres um, already in there. Yeah, uh, and I, but it's it's the young English lads like like Sam James, like Will Addison, like Mike Haley. They're, they're the ones that you want to step up and shine. Yeah, I think they will. Oh, Sam James, of course, the King of Wilmslow. Yeah, well, watch you out for... become the King of Wilmslow by accident. Keep an eye out for George Knott, Knott's this uh, this season as well. Yeah, so... Uh, Under-20s back row player look good. Yeah, they've got plenty yeah. to look forward to. And who better to marshal a massive pack around a field than... 
strings. Strings. And if you want a bit more massive, a bit, get on big, big mic, big sexy mic, fill it. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not as optimistic as you are. I think sale always benefit disproportionately in a World Cup year. Yeah, you can. I can see that. They when, when, they got, when they got into that. when they got into top six, when they got into the Heineken Cup first time round a few years back, that was a that was four years ago a World Cup year. Um, and they don't get and many. The year after that, they almost got relegated. And the year after, that, they didn't they win in Heineken Cup? Not in this year. Were they in the year before as well? And maybe? the well to be in this year, you'd have to qualify the year before, wouldn't you? Yeah. No, they they qualified for for this season's by top six. So and last year they were they I remember watching against Saracens and Munster. They were in the same group. I can't remember. Yeah, they were. So you know they've been consistently consistent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Someone else who should be mentioned, Josh Beaumont. Yes. If he's back fit, because a lot of last season you forget yeah. that they kind of played with three six and a half three sevens. In Braid, Lund, Seymour, and then Yuani. Yeah. Um, but having someone who can get them front football, proper go forward, in Beaumont, I think it'll make a big difference. Can I tell you what I think uh, they've got in their favour, other than um, Steve Diamond, who's excellent, is I think it's a very simple organisation. They run very few sort of patterns, but they run them well. They uh, they practice things that they're good at, and they stick to their strengths. And that's it. It's not. It's but not they have very few everything. That's pretty much how Sale <laughs> operate. Oh, wait, look at that squad. Fans, I don't think it's a bad squad at all. Stars. Fans, yes. Um, roads to the ground. Very, very <laughs> few roads near the ground. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, I think Sale won't get top six this year. Seventh, I'm going for. I'm going fifth. Right. Okay. Mm. Right. Fifth, pushing for fourth. Well, what do you think? Tell us what you reckon at Rugby Podcast if you think we've uh, insulted your team, Quinns or Sale. And well, I guess I guess next week we can start we can start casting our eye over. We've got three weeks till the kickoff of the Premiership, right? Yeah. From next week. So we might go like Scotland... Scotland's Pro 12 teams, yeah. Ireland's Pro 12 teams, Wales' Pro 12 teams. We could teams. do that in like a, a minute in one show, I guess. <laughs> and should we squeeze in Italy's Pro 12 teams? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, I couldn't pronounce the names. I wouldn't know who they are. <laughs> All right. Uh, England's EPS squad's been announced then. Eddie Jones named 45 men for his uh, squad, a high-performance squad. Some winners, some losers... Phil's got a spreadsheet prepared. This is colour coded spreadsheet. This is why we love you, Phil. <laughs> it's been some winners, some losers. Where, well, you take it away, then, Phil. Um, some surprising new caps and some non very unsurprising new caps. Um, the surprising ones: Charlie Ewells, uh, second row for Bath, who's former England under twenties captain. Yep. Mike Williams, uh, who's a Zimbabwean-born uh, second row. I like that. Second Six. row slash back, back row. row. Yeah. Um, Will Evans, another Leicester Tigers, who's an we open, side, about him open side flanker. Yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see because it has been reported that he might be moving somewhere from from Leicester. But you'd what? think with the with the academy credits yeah. and with him being called up to the English squad, you want unlikely. Do anything you unlikely can. Yeah, uh, it's um, it's really uh, yeah. And like you say, if you look at players who will be looking on the outside, feeling disappointed, Will Evans is in because Matt Kovesic Good player as he is, reasonable player as he is at club level, is not an international seven. Will Evans maybe has the potential to be that. I don't know about Gavez. He hasn't had a fair shot, so until well, you see him... From what I've seen at Gloucester, he does... People at Gloucester rave about him. They rave. Yeah. And they know I'm their ne- rugby down there. I've never seen it, though. I've never... Yeah, we've never seen it, but they watch him week in, week out. Great turnover, and then great... And then a horrendous penalty given that's, away. That's it for every magnificent turnover. And when you're a, when you're a Gloucester fan, you'll... you'll um, Attribute the the positive ones more highly, whereas you talking from a neutral are you, are you perspective. Are you saying Gloucester fans have confirmation bias? Possibly. I, I've got I, say, I say I say every partisan rugby fan or any partisan sports fan has confirmation yes. bias. Well, I would just say part of being a seven is building your reputation. So Richard McCaw did everything illegal, but he's Richard McCaw, so it had to be legal. Now, if you <laughs> played like Richard McCaw and you've got no name, you probably wouldn't even get you wouldn't even get a start because you give away so many penalties. So I think he needs a shot to prove what he can do. So what you're saying is Kvezik is the next Richie McCaw. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, okay. Maybe not. So the other other new caps, Nathan Hughes, uh, worst kept secret in rugby, is so he's New Zealand Born Fijian and Samoan descent, lived in Australia, yeah. and is now playing for it's England. Not, it's not right that he's playing for England. It is I, right. Got, but I will have him all right. day long. Thank oh, you so much. Right. Yeah, he needs he needs to pay his mortgage. He's, he should absolutely. No, no, be able no. To no. Do. I, I agree. And the career's short, and he can make he can reap far more benefit. And we need to we need to look at that overall as a sport. And that's world rugby's job 
but so I don't I don't begrudge him doing it. I just don't like that he has done it. I just he. He's not going to be singing that national anthem and pulling on that rose. Yeah, but you wouldn't sing the national anthem, Sim, because you hate the Queen. You're a Republican. I am a Republican, <laughs> but I would. But the, the, it would still the, the pulling on of that rose would mean would mean something very very different to me than it would to Nathan Hughes. Yeah, the like, one because it would be like, what the f- hell am I doing here? <laughs> I'm 14 stone. Um, <laughs> Good God, what have I done? <laughs> I'm South going Africa. To die. <laughs> Someone's made a terrible mistake. <laughs> well, talking of ter- terrible mistakes, uh, I've got a theory. Go on. Do you reckon Eddie Jones is like, right, okay, we need a bit more, a uh, bit more of an abrasive pack. Give me that large Zimbabwe guy, the guy yeah, who plays Mike six. Williams. Dave Ewers? Uh, no, Mike Williams. <laughs> On it, boss. Mike, yeah. I think you're up. I don't know what. You're from Zimbabwe, right? A um, couple of other... Could have been Don Armand for the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don Armand uh, Zimbabwe, lad. Yeah. South, is, is he South African? Oh, he's South African. Uh... He's a Southern African yes. boy. My God, that's a good back row, isn't it? I'm yeah. Pocock as well. Yeah, get Pocock in there. Yeah. Or Dave Denton. I would love... I... I'd love there to be like a non-cap team. You know, like the Maoris are a non-cap team. Or like the um, Olympic non-national. Yeah. yeah the, you, I'd be, you know, the it'd be Olympic nice to see like flag. the Zimbabwe team, the Zimbabwe heritage team play together. Yeah. Yeah. Just, well, I mean, they, the Barbarians could do it, couldn't they? Yeah. They could collect, like have one game. Because you've got... Um, that would be a brilliant story. It and would a great be. thing for great. rugby to do. I'd really love that. And yeah. you've got, what's his name? Um, Jack Berger to coach it. No, he's an Namibian. Oh, he's an Namibian. Namibian. Oh, well. Completely, uh, sorry. Completely different, mate. Is it, isn't uh, Beast? George Gregan of yeah. Zimbabwean uh, descent. Well, he coach, I guess. He could coach it. I mean, you know, he's got a lot of other things going on, but he can scrap that yeah. and go and coach this non-capped team for one game. Back to the EPS. Yes. The other non-capped, so Josh Bowman, who was called up previously, not got any caps. Robson of Wasps, um, alongside Simpson of Wasps, both at Scrum Harp, but Simpson is previously capped. Um, ben Teo still not got a cap yet, but he's in the squad. Not uh, for long. Joe Marchant, who we spoke about earlier today, Tim, you've been raving about after the under twenties, and Mike Haley, who was superb for the Saxons in, yeah. in yeah. South Africa. The South African commentators were very funny every time he got the ball. Yeah. <laughs> no, not him. Not him again. <laughs> like a Labrador um, pent up for days. That, and then there's the, and then there's players that have been previously been capped that are back in. Yes, like Tom Youngs. Tom Youngs, Johnny May. Mm-hmm. Johnny May, Joe Simpson. Johnny May, Mentioned. injury, got back from that. Tom Youngs, was he injured or something? Or was he just no, dropped? Tom Youngs was dropped. Um, but you, you look at it and think he's in a scrap with Mullet, Hyphen, and Dickey for the third hooker spot. Yeah, because Hartley and George would be one and two, as things stand. Rightly so. Um, so there's a couple of other things I want to kind of raise. The people that missed out, I've got my, a, little, well, a couple of little columns on the right-hand side. So Kvesic's obviously in there. Um, as are uh, Dave Ewers and Don Armand um, Kieran Brooks at tight head yep. they've named three yeah. tight heads in the squad Dan Cole, Paul Hill and Kyle Sinclair no Kieran Brooks which I can only see there is something fundamentally wrong with either his play or his scrimmaging or his tackling or well, something ask the guys at Leicester who watched him and they're not impressed I mean, they but were that's never because impressed. they let him go but they, but, you know, they, again confirmation bias but they rate Balmain higher I mean they wouldn't say like we rate mate come Balmain. on that's what they say that's what they say but that's like you say, say that's because they've that's, who, who do you like better your own tight head or the one that, or for your arch rivals that yes. you let well, go well they, they let him go to, to Newcastle to Newcastle but he's and now at North I tell you what it's very telling isn't there that there wasn't a better market for him than Newcastle when, when he left I think, yeah. it, I think it was great that he did it and I look at um, the, the hooker McGuigan that's gone from Newcastle to Leicester and wonder if he'll be following the same path back down yeah, yeah. but you can't really think that he did it out of you know, a sense of love for Newcastle he no, did it because no. he had nowhere to go it was, that was the best option at yeah. the time yeah. but he has also he's developed a lot since then he's he, a massive man he's, he's, he's matured yeah. so that, that's a surprise um, Atwood missing out at second round I know you're disappointed in that Jay not as much as I would have been in previous years. You look at it and you think that the, the, what what were the young guys for England are now the, the are now the incumbent and gaining with experience and taking to international rugby. No worries, Cruz and Itoji most most notably. So yeah. you sort of go, well, actually, we're, I'm quite happy with them. I know where I am with them, so I don't need to. Yeah, I don't need anyone else. Got Laws as well and Launchbury as backup. Atwood, we don't good as you are. We don't need you. So let's see what yours can do. But if there was a few injuries and you had to play a test match tomorrow, tomorrow, I'd, I'd rather go for Atwood ahead of yours. But I recognise that the others have yeah. more potential. I mean, I'm surprised that it doesn't go something like 
mean, you've got the two incumbents, then you've got... Well, you've got launch, four incumbents, really, yeah, because launch laws were both on the bench in Australia. Yeah. Uh, is there someone we missed as well? Parling. Parling, yeah, oh, you'd say done, isn't Parling's it? okay. Leave him. Uh, Good as he looks in his Canterbury stash. Oh, great. Yeah, the, interestingly, the, the back row... So there's only one real kind of recognised blindside, even though he's not really a recognised blindside, in Chris Robshaw. You've got Haskell, you've got Harrison, you've got Clifford, who's a 7 or 8, really, and then Will Evans, who's definitely a 7. Hughes is 6 all day long, isn't he? Well, Eddie Jones has said Nathan Hughes could he is considering as a 6, but you just think, why not go for someone like Dave Hughes or even Don Armand you, to balance it up a bit better? Well, do you know what? Do you think that the Mike Williams pick is a little bit like the Tamana Harrison pick? He likes tough, abrasive men. Abrasive, yeah. And that's exactly what Mike Williams is. He can is. cover off a few, a few positions. A few boxes, a bench, possible bench player. Damon Harrison in the squad. Yeah, yeah. He's in as really as an open side flanker. I think he'd be considered that. Hmm? Jeez, um, England have got some depth and talent. Yeah. And then the other one. It's so weird because uh, it's not what we were saying straight after the World Cup. Yeah, not at all. Well, no, we were saying they had the players, and I said they had the players. Yeah. Um, and then at ten. So assuming that Owen Farrell, who's the incumbent inside centre, remains inside centre, which there's no reason when England have won what, 10 games on the bounce or something like that, there's no reason why you wouldn't do it, um, then George Ford is the only recognised out-and-out 10 in the squad, with then Farrell and Slade. Slade. So the question is, well, why wouldn't you call up, if you've got a 45-man squad, why would you not call up another out-and-out 10 in, in Cipriani, or even someone like possibly Freddie Burns, you'd probably be next Freddie in Burns line. is in for a good season this year, I feel. I think, I think he, he could be as well. Andy Jones 27, though. Is he? That came around quick. That's no age, but... Um, it's yeah. a massive age if you're not an established international. It's interesting, isn't it? But he's, he's obviously in... Well, yeah. He, he, he obviously rates both Farrell and Slade as... Um, better options yeah better options to be ten. and it, it hints that Manitou Alagi who's previously been injured yeah. if he gets fit and if it'll be two months of premiership before the autumn internationals if he can get eight consistent games under his belt you've got to say Tuolagi will be back in contention for that 12 shirt and then it would be Farrell and Ford fighting out oh fascinating starting 10 jersey yep yeah, pretty good and the only other name we've not mentioned who I, I think is the correct call uh, is Chris Ashton Who's, who's missed out which was one of the headlines for a lot of the papers but for me uh, no, no surprise no no surprise particularly no. so you could I can overlook some of his defensive frailties I can overlook um, some of his I don't think this really exists I'm going to Oh no, they do. They, they, do. they hide him so well in that Saracens team because they're so well organised. Why don't Saracens have all the money in the world? Why don't they just ditch him and get another? Because he's a brilliant finisher. He's one of the best finishers in the game. No. This goes back to your uh, point about oh. world-class players. Well, no, I haven't made it yet. This, well, this exactly aligns with your point on world-class players. <laughs> so you're contradicting yourself. All right. So my point is, no one can be t- truly world-class unless you're utterly deficient at doing something else. Uh, one thing. So Chris Ashton, world-class fin- finisher. Not the best defensive player. Exactly right. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, if you, you proving my think, point. Yeah, if you can think of any, yeah, I'll, I'll have it because it proves my point. It makes me right. <laughs> right. Right on one thing, incorrect on the other. Uh, not so much. Um, the Chris Ashton thing is not surprising because he was offered a place on the Saxons tour to South Africa and he turned it down. Yeah, rightly so. So, yeah, do one. Yeah, exactly. Do one. P- players shouldn't. Players don't retire from international rugby. You're, if you get I don't know. He hasn't retired. He's no, just no, no, going. No, no. He's like, I'll play for the first there team. There was that story yeah. yesterday going, James Milner has retired from international football. I said, no. Do you know what? No. No. I don't want rugby to be like that. Yeah. Um, if your country calls on you, it's your duty. And you, exactly. and you, and you answer your country It's not call. a war, though, Tim, is it? You know, it's oh, it, is. We need... it should be like that. It should be like that. <laughs> we need more guys in the trenches I, I... now. <laughs> well... Yeah, I, I understand it. I understand it particularly. I understand it more with uh, rugby than football because if you're advancing in age and your career is important to you, making money is important to you. You do need to make the decision: can I get more money from the club and retire from international rugby? Yeah. I think yeah, it's important. Fifteen grand match fee for England. What? Yeah, but what if you're a Fijian or a Samoan? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it does make a difference. Yeah, I, I hear. You. I think in England, I don't think many England internationals well, you do, decide, you do they? And, you choose to go and play in for fact, France and go, I want the, I want the rules to change. Just, I'm out of interest. Yeah, you, you say, I want the rules to change, but you're actually going, no, I want to, another three wanna, seasons earning this much money. Uh, has anyone for England retired from England, but not from club? I don't know. 
Well, it is worth asking the question. I'm, I'm isn't glad it? that it's not something you hear very often from rugby. Because players. England football players don't get played, don't get paid to play for England. Well, they do, but they give it to charity. That's absolute nonsense, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's an, it's why? A, it's a nice act. No, it's nonsense. They're professionals. You know, accountants don't give some of their fees away because they've got you know a, an exceptional job. It's rubbish. Not unless it's uh, tax efficient and they end up. Like not not actually having to pay it anyway. Yeah, I think char- charity functions are one of the biggest biggest tax dodges that, that there are. Let's just throw a massive party and give it. No, I'm looking at the time, and uh, Philip has an appointment. I have uh, a twelve o'clock appointment as well. And I have my first game with Didsbury Rugby Club today. Oh, do you? Tock yeah. H. We've got Tock H are playing Duckenfield, which used to be the home of Mike Ford, no less. Oh, really? Yeah. So. um yeah, that should be that should be a good little trot out. So we should wrap it up. We should do. Um, is that all alright? Yeah. Okay. Cool. When the battery's running out on the tablet. So from from the sunny, beautiful back garden in central Manchester, I'd, I'd be shirts off if I didn't love my beloved Keane so much. It's that sunny. With a, a chocolate Labrador and three chickens. It's in four. A, there's one sitting on eggs. Four X. chickens in a hole. Um, <laughs> plane flying overhead. Uh, the sun beating down. Uh, we're the only rugby podcast that is here for you 52 weeks a year. So tell your mates and spread the word at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, iTunes. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Today cast. And JB, nice one. Thank you. Philip, good work. Thank you, Tim. Till next time. Bye-bye.